everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Married to Football podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Campisi. We're back. It's the weekend. I have Dale and Eric back with me. We're going to be talking about our week 12 ballers, busts, and honorable mentions. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Married to Football podcast, the super fan take football today. My baller from week 12. I can't believe it's week 12 already. My baller this week is Tyreek Hill. 13 receptions, 269 yards, three touchdowns, huge game. He had a huge game. He's also making an argument for being the number one wide receiver this year in the league, don't you think? Between Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and DeAndre Hopkins, who is your number one? Like I'm curious, guys. Are you not? Are you not throwing DK Metcalf in there? I was, I was gonna say DK Metcalf, my number one wide receiver. Okay, that that's interesting. I mean, it's, it's a crowded group. It's a good argument. I'm mean, just to point out too, because I had uh, noted Tyreek, um, that he's the third wide receiver since 1980 that had more than 200 yards receiving in a single quarter. Wow. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I saw a game a wide receiver had that many yards and that many touchdowns. It's hard to dominate from that position. There are a lot of great receivers. Uh, I, pound for pound, if I had to pick a receiver to, to start my team with, like if I had my choice of any of the receivers right now, uh, based on just like physical ability and age, I would go with DK Metcalf. So DK yeah, Metcalf I, is I, your number one. Depends on if you're saying like, I've got one game or I've got the rest of this season or I've got the future, the rest of their careers. Okay. If you're giving me the rest of their careers, I'm going DK Metcalf. If you're going just one game or the rest of this season, I think Hopkins still has that, that title belt, so to speak. Yeah. I just feel like Tyreek Hill like proved, I think he has a lot of doubters that he, you know, doesn't have the hands like Deandre Hopkins, you know, he doesn't, you know, have the route running ability, but he does have the speed and he he made some contested catches in that game, and I thought he played amazing. I mean, obviously you saw also, his stats. It's harder for him to, um, with that offense being as dangerous as it is and having all those weapons, um, not that Hopkins isn't surrounded by other wep- excuse me, weapons in Arizona, uh, but he's more of a focal point than Tyreek Hill is for that Chiefs offense. Yeah, I just think, I don't know, Tyreek Hill, that game, I mean, that much yardage, 269 yards and three touchdowns is crazy to me. I mean, fantasy lovers probably had to be ecstatic in that, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, he put up a huge game. Yeah, he yeah. probably won just because <laughs> of him. All right, who's going next? I guess me. Okay. Yep. This is a tough, this is a tough decision, and I knew if I didn't go first that someone else would pick Tyreek Hill. And I, I guess the other one will be my probably be my honorable mention unless someone else picks him. But I'm going to go with Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, he pretty much put his team on his back uh, in that game against the Colts where they won 45 to 26. 27 carries, 178 yards, and three touchdowns, and just a, just a physically dominating performance. Just throwing guys off of him. He, he 
very hard to bring down. He added two receptions for seven yards. That's not really his game. He's not really catching the ball out of the basketball guy, even though he can do that. Uh, he's a workhorse power running back, and uh, it'll be interesting to see his matchup with the Browns this week. Um, he's uh, definitely the considered by many, not all, but many, as the, the best running back in the NFL. He is the league-leading rusher. Yeah, he is. And uh, he's uh, very impressive. He's, he As he goes, the Tennessee Titans go. Yeah, for sure. Dale, who's your baller? Well, um, I listed three guys, uh, and you've taken two of them, mm-hmm. one each from you. Uh, so I'm going to go with the one that I have left, the easy choice, uh, Pat Mahomes. Um, 37 of 49, 462 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, honestly, video game numbers. These are the numbers that, you know, you played, depending on how old you are, you played Madden or you played Tecmo. These are the numbers that you would put up in those video games and not in real life. And Mahomes is just churning these games out week after week. Yeah. He honestly, though, like, he makes these throws that I'm, like, still baffled by. Like, he's, like, not looking, and he's sideways. Every game, I'm like, how is he doing that? It amazes me every week. And he just is confident in that offense. He knows that offense very well. It's one of the benefits of having the same coach and running the same offense for your entire career. He got to learn under a good pro and mm-hmm. has a, a wide-open playbook where they can do just about anything. They have plenty of weapons around him. Uh actually don't have the greatest offensive line, but they don't really need to because he gets rid of the ball so quickly. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our busts. My bust this week is Jared Goff. He just had a bad game. 19 of 31, 198 yards, two interceptions, and a fumble. I just don't understand how last week against the Bucks, you know, they have a tougher defense, and he had a good game against them. He had three touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, but I don't know. I just, it's like you see this week and week out with Jared Goff. He has a great game and then he has a bad game. He has a great game. He has a bad game. I just don't understand it. And if you know, you think about it, he has had five turnovers now in the last two games. If he keeps this up, I don't know if the Rams make the playoffs. I feel like they end up slipping out. He's kind of turning into West Coast Carson Wentz. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. He is. The turnovers are a problem. They need to figure that out because having those type of turnovers week after week, you're not going to – you might get in the playoffs, but you get in the playoffs, they're looking at a loss in the first round. You know what I mean? Like I don't don't foresee them going very far if they don't fix his problems right now. So that's my bust. Eric, who's your bust? I was looking so forward to the bust section – because there were so many terrible performances. There's so many to choose from. And, man, do I go with the most abysmal performance, or do I go with one that would affect Shannon personally? Um, uh, I can't... I mean, how's it going to affect me? Who is it? Oh, I mean, I think you know. No. But uh, I, I, don't, I, won't, I won't, though. I, I can't let Derek Carr off the hook. Derek Carr is my bust of the week, going uh, 22 or 34 over 215 yards, no touchdowns, an interception, and three lost fumbles. That's four turnovers in one game yeah, for bad. Mr. Derek Carr against the Falcons, who, you know, let's face it, aren't great. They lost 41 to 6. Terrible. I, I 
could not believe how bad the Raiders played. I had that penciled in as a win for the Raiders for yeah. sure, which uh, definitely hurt their playoff chances. Mm-hmm. And uh, pretty they, shocking. They needed, yeah, it is shocking. So despite there being other just god awful performances, um, that he was my bust. Yeah, that was a bad performance. Like I was gonna pick him too for a minute, but I was just mad at Jared Goff because Jared Goff has these. I mean, these up and down games. I mean, Derek Hart he beat the Chiefs, and then look at this game. I that's another person. It's like, how do you play so well against the Chiefs, and then you play like that against the Falcons? It's so bizarre. All right, Dale, who's your bust of the week? Uh, well, I went a little bit of a different direction uh, because I just sort of got fed up with it this week. Uh, so my bust for the week was Roger Goodell in the NFL front office. Oh. Uh, because they delayed and delayed and delayed the Steelers and Ravens game and finally had it on three in the afternoon on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even more so, they forced the Broncos to play on Sunday against the Saints in a game that they wouldn't have won anyway. But they forced them to play with a a, a wide receiver at quarterback that hadn't played quarterback since he was in college and learned less than 24 hours before the game kicked off that he was going to be starting a quarterback and needed to learn the playbook. Yeah. Um, it's just a ridiculous situation and one that they, the one that the NFL could have and should have avoided. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing to have to see that kind of spectacle be put on where we're, we're sitting and watching a wide receiver play quarterback that has, to be fair, that has no business, and it's not his fault. It's the it's the league's fault. Yeah. Um. You know, we understand that the the Broncos, you know, made mistakes, and that the quarterback room, the quarterbacks in the quarterback room, were reckless and and got themselves in this situation. But you have to just make the decision that you're going to postpone and reschedule that game. Make use of the week 18 that we've talked about and extend the season by a week, they can figure this out. And it's just inconsistent. You know, the they why did they do something different with the Broncos and the Saints that they didn't do with the Steelers and the Ravens? I agree, totally. It just looks awful. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't understand why they didn't postpone the Denver game. I thought that was really unusual that they made that go forward. They explained it. The reason is the Denver situation and the Baltimore situation – fell under different uh, different categories or different guidelines of the agreed-upon COVID protocols in the NFL, whereas the Broncos situation was that one person tested positive and then the other people involved just did not follow the rules. It, was, it wasn't because there was an outbreak. It was because they didn't follow the rules and made themselves ineligible. And that is a situation where the team should be the ones holding those players accountable for not following those rules. That's why those rules were created. Mm. Now, they were lucky enough to end up not testing positive, whereas the Baltimore situation was just a rampant outbreak, which couldn't be... The Baltimore, follow, Baltimore was actually following more of the guidelines than Denver was. The problem with the Baltimore situation was even with following all those protocols, there is still some risk for uh, tri- for transferring the infection, for, for spreading the infection. Whereas Baltimore was not found to be egregiously in violation of protocol. 
which is why they were granted the extension and Denver was not. And I, I agree with you guys. Um, you, you shouldn't have to have an NFL game where one team doesn't have a quarterback. It's not fair. It sucks. It's stupid to watch. But at the same time, like these rules were agreed upon by the players' union and the league, and everybody has to follow the same rules. So if they started picking and choosing who has to follow the rules and who doesn't, then it completely negates the entire agreed-upon set of rules, yeah. and then anybody can just do whatever they want. I, I don't necessarily disagree, but I'll bring up uh, just a couple of things. It, you know, one, these rules are things that they've thrown together on the fly just in the last couple of months. So it's not like these are long-standing rules that uh, that they can't revise or tweak to make it better if they fi- if they get evidence and find out that uh, it's causing situations like this that don't work. Because the other thing is, and I agree that Denver should be penalized, I just, I just don't think the way that it was done was uh, in the best interest of the league. And, and I can still blame the league and have them be my bust for not doing a good job of having the rules in place in the first place uh, and not having the teams take it seriously and implement them. Um, and I just, at some point again, too, this, this is a business. And, uh, you know, we, we, we talk about it as a game and, and everything, but ultimately when you boil it all down, it's a business and they're trying to make money. And putting a game out there, that is over before it starts because again, you have this wide receiver playing quarterback is a bad look for business. And even just for that, that, that to me is reason enough that they should have looked at this and said, we need to rethink what we're doing. My thing is why didn't they even just reschedule it for like maybe four days later, let him get, you know, some practice under his belt. Let him get, like, comfortable a little bit. I mean, it could have been a whole different game. You never know. He might have just needed some time. Because if that weren't COVID situation and that were just bad luck, and because we've seen this with you, there have been times where teams have had all of their quarterbacks, like their, their they, typically teams only dress two or three quarterbacks for a game. Uh, oftentimes it's two, it's usually three, it's, or, or I'm sorry. Oftentimes it's three. It's usually only two. It is never four. So there have been instances in NFL games where three quarterbacks have all gotten hurt in the same game. In that, in which case, most NFL teams have what they call an emergency quarterback. There is, and they and they practice this. There is a guy on the team that has a small number of plays. It's usually not even that many. It's like. 10 or 12 plays that they know how to play quarterback on and they are the emergency quarterback and they fill in. Uh, and you know, that's just one of those things. That's one of those bad luck things. It doesn't happen often, but everybody knew the rules that Den- Denver, uh, what's funny is I educated myself a lot about the situation by reading a Twitter post of, uh, Drew Locke's mom. Oh God. <laughs> Drew Locke's yeah, mom came, yep. came to her son's defense on Twitter and explained the entire situation. She actually did a really good job of it because I guess nobody else wanted to. But in her explanation, she, she does admit fault on his part and on the part of the other Denver quarterbacks. And it was just their own stupid fault. And it just it just is a it's the, well, the league is making an example out of them to show if you do not follow the protocols because. It, it is messing with their money to have games potentially canceled 
or like move to a. They don't want. Do you think the NFL wanted to move that Ravens game to a Wednesday afternoon where almost nobody could watch it versus Thanksgiving night? You know how many less eyeballs were watching that game as a result. Not to mention as a result of the Ravens not having their full list of players to play in the game. Like only like true football junkies like me uh, and who aren't a fan of either team ended up watching the game. Yeah. Okay. So honorable mention this week is going to go to Nick Chubb. 19 carries, 144 yards. He had a touchdown. He is just catching up to where he left off. I think he is a superb running back. Like I said, I wish he played for the Steelers. Eric, who is your honorable? Hey, don't forget, Nick Chubb had three receptions for 32 yards as well. Oh, okay. In- including including a game icing uh, first down picked up on third and long on a on a screen pass. Yeah, would, you like, to, would you like to add on anything about Nick Chubb before we move on? Well, he was, I literally have him uh, highlighted as my honorable mention, but uh, since you took him, I will go back to my ballers, and uh, I'm going to honorably mention Deshaun Watson, uh, possibly the best guy, the best quarterback that's not going to make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went 17 to 25 with 318 yards and four touchdown passes and a 41 to 25 win over the Detroit Lions. Sending Matt Patricia packing, thank God. And uh, yeah, Deshaun looked great. I, it's just a damn shame that he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins to throw to because such a shame. Uh, it's what, just he's so good. What like, could have been? Oh like you know goodness. what I mean? What could have been? Well, what could have been? I mean, all kinds of stuff. But he just looks with his limited weapons. And now he's really going to be screwed without uh, Will Fuller moving forward. But I don't think they're trying to win many games anyway. They're trying to. Well, I guess it's pointless to tank because they don't even have their first round pick next year. Yeah. But uh, they uh, they wasted a year of Deshaun Watson's prime, his his uh, his window to be a championship winner, and it's just a damn shame to watch. Remember, the Browns could have just turned the card in and got him number twelve overall, and they decided to make trades instead and not take him. And we we could be much further along in the process. Granted, well, you know. Everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. so we'll see how it works out. But he's he is so much. If it wasn't for Deshaun Watson, football on Thanksgiving would have been an absolute disaster. It would have been just not even worth watching. That would have been a whole bust. That would have been the bust of the day, the whole Thanksgiving. Day. Yeah, the bust. The bust would have been Thanksgiving Day. Yes. <laughs> All right, Dale. Who is your honorable mention this week? Well, you guys have mentioned every single person that I had on my list of ballers and honorable mentions. So I, I had to scramble a little bit, um, but I'm going to go with with the guy uh, who is remarkably efficient, uh, Aaron Rodgers. But you know, you throw 21 passes and four of those are touchdowns. You're having a pretty good day. Yeah, I mean, he only technically, I mean, 21 of 29 too. Like that's that's pretty perfect. And I want to. But and a kind of an honorable honorable mention, uh, just it bears mentioning that Jeremy Chin for the Panthers uh, had fumble return touchdowns on consecutive plays by the Panthers against the Vikings. Oh, and they still lost. They still lost, but he will forever he will forever live on as 
probably the only player to ever do that on consecutive plays, 10 seconds of game time apart. Wow. Wow. That's, that's remarkable. Hey, b- before we move on, on, can I have a dishonorable mention? Yeah. Who's your dishonorable? I like that. Dishonorable. Uh, I have I have a, a couple of guys that I didn't get to bust on in my bust because I, I mentioned I had so many choices for my bust. Um, but anyway, I have two guys from the same team. It, it needs to be said. Uh, obviously, the Buccaneers had a horrible day. Yeah. Last week. I mean, I, they they lost. You know, it's, it's hard hard to beat the Chiefs. But so Leonard Fournette, three carries for ten yards, three receptions for ten yards. So six total touches for 20 yards for a guy that at one point was uh, a top five pick and supposed to be one of the best running backs, projected to be one of the best running backs in the NFL. Couple that with Antonio Brown's day of two receptions for 11 yards on three targets. If you would have told me that in the year 2020, this is the type of output you'd be getting from Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown on a team quarterback by Tom Brady, I would never believe you. Like, what an absolute disaster <laughs> and what a bunch of underachieving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing. What is going on in Tampa Bay? Hey, it's not Antonio's you, fault. You'd think that person was lying after you woke up after passing out, hearing that those three were all on the same team. All on the same team, and they might not make the playoffs. Wow. Oh, also, Gronk is on that team too. <laughs> yeah, or Gronk doesn't. That's the other thing is Gronk doesn't even bear mentioning anymore because no, what you know, what is he like the fourth option? Like, yep, come on, uh, it's, it's dishonorable that Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette combined for eight touches and thirty-one yards. Okay, it was bad, definitely bad, but it wasn't Antonio's fault. Uh, kind well, of was. It was, I mean, it was, uh, was the one and only Tom yeah. Brady's fault. He's not getting open. Yeah. He's he not only doing had anything three targets. The ball. Three targets. Three targets. That's debatable. Well, you gotta get open to be targeted. No, just Tom Brady's not good. Well, Antonio uh, Brown's not good either. He's not getting open. He's he's older. He's not what he once was. Well, that's debatable. But eh, is it? Yeah, it is. thanks everyone for listening don't forget to rate our show don't forget to hit subscribe on apple Podcasts or spotify and you can check us out at mtfb podcast on twitter enjoy the rest of your weekend everyone cheers